Hello, welcome to the Jew3 Project Podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Fields. I'm the founder of the Jew3 Project. All right, thank you for listening to another episode of the Jude3 Project podcast. As always, I'm your host, the founder of the Jude3 Project, Lisa Fields. And today I'm joined by a very special guest, Michael Glarup. Um, Michael is the executive director for the Early Christian. I want to say it right. Is it Early Christian? It's the it's 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 the center for early African Christianity. Okay, the center for early African Christianity. <laughs> I've been on your site a thousand like a thousand times, so I should know it by heart now. By now, um, welcome, Michael. Thank you, thank you. I'm glad to be here today. <laughs> um, for our listeners um, who don't know who you are, can you give us a little bit of background about yourself? Uh, yes. Yes, I can. As you mentioned, I'm the executive director. Um, I started at this position about five years ago. Uh, the way I became involved in this project was in the mid-90s. I started working with Thomas Oden at Drew University. I was his graduate student. And we started working on a project called the Ancient Christian Commentary on Scripture. And while we were working on this project, it's actually 29 volumes, commentaries on the early church, it's sold over 600,000 copies in English, and it's also distributed uh, worldwide in eight other languages. Uh, so it has quite a, a wide reading. But while we were doing this project for almost 15 years, we started realizing that the early church fathers, uh, especially from the continent of Africa, really was how we read and do scripture. So. Um, Personally, I actually was a petroleum engineer uh, early on in my life and uh, oh, wow. had a conversion experience and so uh, felt like I was, I worked for Young Life for a little bit and felt like I was called to, to pursue something more in theological studies. And um, if you would have asked me 25 years ago, it's probably even longer than that now. I don't even want to add it up. But if you asked me 25 years ago where I would be today, this is probably not where I would have said it would have been. Uh, <laughs> I just, it's been a great trip. Uh, nothing planned, though. <laughs> I, can, I can imagine. I feel the same way about my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, always, I, always, I used to work with young adults, and I always told them, I hope my life doesn't add up to my effort alone. Because uh, that that wouldn't be a very uh, boring life in some ways. <laughs> um, now I talked. To, I was introduced through you to you through um, um, Dr. Alowski, who works with you um, yes. on this project as well. Um, what what is the most interesting part to you about this your this whole endeavor? That is a, uh, a good question. Um, I'm trying to think if I would say something the most interesting. Uh, what is, I've really enjoyed about this project is looking at history of Christianity, which is something we think we know with different eyes, mm -hmm. and looking and, and exploring it from a different vantage point, and really seeing it anew in some ways. And, um, and then also doing that process with 
students and pastors and Christian leaders in Africa and African-American leaders here and other Christians, um, being able to discuss this and kind of watching the aha moment. Oh, yeah, okay. You know, I, I just never thought of it this way. Mm-hmm. So I think that's been kind of what's been interesting and enjoyable. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, digging deeper into these areas of Nubian Christianity or Ethiopian Christianity, which when I went to seminary, it didn't actually appear in the um, history book I read. Mm-hmm. There was no mention of Ethiopian Christianity and no mention of Nubian Christianity. So to go through a seminary training and not even know about these and then learning about these later on, that's been uh, really uh, enjoyable. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what I love about, um, that's one of the things I love about your website is because my my experience as far as seminary is kind of similar as far as not being exposed to these things and and looking at the website and saying, oh, wow, this is like a whole nother world that I missed in my um my whole three years in seminary. So um, it's really encouraging right. the uh, work you guys are doing. Thank you. Um, what has your reception been like in the U.S. with working with African-American pastors um, on this project? Well, it's it's been it's been a, a range of uh, responses, but in some ways, it's been well. What took you so long? Mm-hmm. Uh, we've been talking about this for years, and you're just getting on board. Mm-hmm. And, and and I think that's really true. I mean, there have been quite a few African American scholars uh, self-publishing in this area and writing in this area, and doing a lot of work that we've benefited from. Um, our specific area was just specifically the history of interpretation. And mm-hmm. so that's how we kind of came at it was from that vantage point, which gives us a little different perspective. But in, 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 in most ways, um, most people I've talked to in the African-American community is this is really important. Uh, I'm glad you're coming around to it. I'm glad you're acknowledging that other people have been doing this work before you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that's one aspect. The other aspect is, they say, boy, we really need to kind of begin to teach this more and more in our churches and, and make it our own. Um, mm-hmm. That's the other thing I kind of get a, a lot of really positive responses is how do we take advantage of this material? Mm-hmm. And have you, do y'all have like a, do do churches just contact you and you you would go there and provide like a workshop or a seminar for it? The the particular the individual churches. Yeah. Yes, yes, we would. So I've done that before. Uh, usually, you know, on a Saturday morning or Saturday afternoon or something like that. Uh, even you know, if it's in the area, I can do you know Sunday school type of programs and break it down that way. Uh, we also we're starting to work with uh, some other larger kind of groups that work around the whole United States and working with those pastors to think through, well, how best do we apply this to our own circumstances? Mm-hmm. Uh, and and so in some ways, because I kind of, I'm, I can present the information and say, well, now you have to tell me how this is most useful to you, mm-hmm. uh, where they can actually, you know, take it down to a curriculum level to their Sunday schools or youth programs and things like that. Mm-hmm. That's good. And I think that's one of the reasons why I wanted you to come on and talk about this, because I think it's it's a great resource. It's 
a great resource for the many pastors we have um, listening on a weekly basis to the podcast, um, because one of the questions we get a lot is Christianity, the white man's religion. And I think one of the ways we combat that is to show the history of Christianity. Um, it didn't just start um, in the West with uh, with slavery. Africans were Christians before slavery. So I think right. knowing our history helps kind of combat that false narrative. Right, right. And and I, I always like to tell the, the congregations I meet with that that Africans have been praying in their native languages, African languages, um, since the, the fourth century uh, in sub-Saharan Africa and in deeper parts of Africa. So we've also, we have the local languages and dialects of Egypt and North Africa. We also know that those have also been praying. So, But it's both sub-Saharan and Northern Africa. There's a long history of um, prayer and mm-hmm. also the confirmation of, you know, our Lord Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And so a witness to that. That's definitely um, helpful. And that's something we all need to know <laughs> as Christians to know our our history, um, to be better equipped to defend the faith. Um, what new things or are you working on um, with, um, with the organization? Right. So uh, there's a couple of different things we're doing. You know, there's the educational, so we do do um, a certificate in early African Christian studies out of Cairo, Egypt. And so most of those students are Egyptian. Uh, about 50% will come from the uh, Egyptian Orthodox tradition, which most people know as the Coptic tradition. We're working with a, a, a university in South Africa to do an online MA in early African Christianity, and we hope to be able to announce that well, in the next few months. Uh, they're working on that right now through the kind of the bureaucracy of a university. Uh, other things that we're doing, we're doing, uh, we started our own publishing uh side of the, the group, because we, we do produce a lot of materials, and we realize, well, if we're producing them, writing them, and distributing them through our networks, we probably should be publishing them. So we started a publisher called ICCS Press, mm-hmm. and you can see that at ICCSPress.com. And one of the books that we just finished within the last year and a half is the Historical Atlas of Ancient Christianity, and it's a huge book. It's over 400 pages. It has over 250 images. But what's really nice of it, it kind of traces through the different regions of the Roman Empire how Christianity spread from Jerusalem mm-hmm. and the networks and roads. Because a lot of people forget that these early, the, the apostles and the, the early disciples had to have some knowledge of the roads and transport, transportation networks that would take the gospel to the ends of the earth. Mm-hmm. And when you look at this look at this book, you see that from by the 7th, 10th, 7th century, you have Christianity from Ireland to China. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you see that it's been, it's been translated and kind of left its footprint on all these various cultures um, outside of the Roman Empire. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's one of the things that we've been really focusing on is that Christianity has been shaped by Africa, but it's also, early on, from its beginning, it's been a, 
a world religion. Mm-hmm. It's just not been a European religion. Mm-hmm. And so we're kind of kind of pushing against that narrative that you used to have missionaries, Europeans would say, well, you, you really need to become a European before you become a Christian. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's nonsense. But, uh, but that was kind of the thinking at one time where we're kind of pushing back that. Um, our next book, we have a couple other reprints of Thomas Oden's that we've put out, The Rebirth of Orthodoxy, In Search of Solitude, and then uh, Care of the Souls in the Classic Tradition. Uh, these books have been out for a while, but we've re- reprinted them to make them uh, available to another audience. And then the next book we're starting on is called The Songs of Africa, the Ethiopian Canticles Project. Mm-hmm. And this is um, examining the these 14th century Ethiopian manuscripts of the um, basically what's called the Psalter which consists of the Psalms of David, the Biblical Canticles, the Songs of Songs, the Praises of Mary, and the Gate of Light, which is a, a writing in the Ethiopian tradition. And so this, these books have circulated, and we've been able to access some copies that have never been studied before. So this is actually a study where we consider some of the oldest written, uh, notated songs that we know of in sub-Saharan Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, and these actually point back to an earlier oral tradition. So by the time we see the, the written evidence of them, we know that they've been written down before, we just don't have earlier copies. But they also reflect an oral tradition of hymns and songs in Ethiopia that traces back to the 4th to 6th century. So, uh, you know, to the very beginnings of Christianity. I'm excited about excited about that one. I'm I'm looking forward to reading it. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, we hope we can publish it. And again, this is going to be another one of those books that we're going to make sure that we have quite a few images with it. So, in illustrations, not overly, so not you, you get the sight of it. So, you get the picture of what instruments they use, what the books look like they use, but also looking at the the places they worship. I, uh, there's a significant tradition in Ethiopian of these rock-hewn churches, these churches that just are carved right into the side of rocks mm-hmm. uh, and have lasted uh, for, um, you know, we can trace them back until probably the 8th century. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's amazing. Um, thank you um, for your time, Michael, I really appreciate it. What would you like to leave with our listeners who might be interested in what um, you and um, Dr. Thomas Oden and, and, and Dr. Alowski are doing? What, How would they get in contact with you? Um, when, what are some um, final words you would leave with them? Right, right. Um, well, I would, I would definitely make sure to use the early AfricanChristianity.com website. That's a great place for we try to we try to put information up there that's very usable and that's in the public domain uh, so that people can and there's even a, a kind of a study that goes along with how Africa shaped the Christian mind so as you're reading how Africa shaped the Christian mind there's there's a study guide that goes with it mm-hmm. on the website um, so I think that's a great resource there's another resource that your listeners probably would really benefit from it's called the Christian History 
magazine. And uh, a few years ago, we sponsored a um, an edition of Christianity in Early Africa, and it was Ancient Traditions and Profound Impact. Mm-hmm. And this was issue 105. And Christian History has, has done a real benefit. They they make all their issues free as a PDF. Oh wow! And uh, what's nice about it is they they tend to write as journalists rather than scholars. Mm-hmm. So the material is trustworthy, but at the same time, it's very readable at, at different levels of, of reading. You don't, you don't have to go to seminary to understand it. Mm-hmm. So uh, and it has quite a few pictures, and so it's very useful because they have issues on Augustine, on the Desert Fathers, on the Trinitarian controversies, uh, and all the major players in that. And you'll start to see how much these early African writers really shaped how we uh, think about Christianity. So I think that's a, a, a great resource. And I, I would, you know, one of the things that we really encourage is people to begin reading these scholars, or these early Christian scholars. Um, and we understand that sometimes the, it's hard to do that because the language is is different than how we would think today. And they, they do digress quite a bit. And so sometimes you kind of get lost in where it goes. But there's maybe some ways that we can help people begin reading these themselves mm-hmm. and finding good texts would be to do that. Um, another thing I would just talk about, one of the projects that we're doing at Yale now is called the Project on Religious Freedom and Society in Africa. And many people don't know this, but the, the first Christians that, and the first people, really, that argued for religious freedom came from the continent of Africa. Oh, wow. Um, the first person that we really kind of have uh, that used was Tertullian, and he says this, it is a fundamental right, a privilege of nature, kind of a, na- a natural right, that every man should worship according to his own convictions. One man's religion neither harms nor helps another man. It is surely no part of religion to compel religion, to which free will and not force should lead us. So very early on, because of the the status of Christians in the Roman world, they were thinking about the importance of freedom, Mm -hmm. uh, especially religious freedom. And then with Lactantius, um, actually the tutor for Constantine's son, he actually uh, really pulls this out even a little more in the late 3rd century, early 4th century. And so I think that's really, and especially as we look at the, the context of Africa today, I think that's going to be really one of the big issues that, that they're going to have to grapple with, is what is religious freedom and how does it benefit society? Mm-hmm. Uh, especially since we census people that are doing the work in this area say 50% of the Christians in the world by 2050 will live on the continent of Africa. Oh, wow. So, so there's been a kind of global shift mm-hmm. um, to the south of Christianity, and of which Africa is really going to play a central role, once again, in how we think about Christianity as a religion. And so I think one of the issues that they're really going to have to face is this issue of religious freedom. 
Wow, that's that's something to really think about. I I never um that statistic is is telling. Um Yes. Yes. <laughs> well, and, I, and there's actually people that are starting to predict that Nigeria by 27 could be large as the same size and population as China. So that kind of gives you an Nigeria's not that big of a country uh, on the continent of Africa. So uh, that just shows you kind of the, the demographic change that's going to take place mm-hmm. over the next 50 years. Well, thank you, Michael. This has been very a, a very rich conversation, and I think our listeners will be really helped by it. And I encourage everybody to check out the resources um, that Michael pr- provided. Um, I'm excited about the upcoming um, works that they have coming. And I really appreciate your time, Michael. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Jude 3 Project podcast. You can catch all our past episodes at www.jude3project.com backslash podcast. You can follow us on iTunes by searching Jude 3 Project. Also, you can follow us on Twitter at Jude 3 Project, on Instagram at Jude 3 Project, and on Facebook at facebook.com. Um, backslash Jude 3 project and remember you can donate on our site so if this um, this podcast and this ministry is a blessing to you help support us financially um, by going on our website at jude3project.com and hitting the donate tab um, and donating consider donating to us thank you so much remember at the Jude 3 project we're helping you to know what you believe and why you believe it